Okay, it's time to partner with Betfair and Preview, Kalgoorlie Cup Day. BJ Ryan, Latham Anderson and Riley Morgan, we are teaming up to record episode 96 of The One One. That's your West Australian Racing Podcast. It's uh, just after 11.20am on Thursday, the 30th of September. Just a reminder that while we are recording on a Thursday, as usual, the podcast won't be available until after 10am tomorrow morning. That's Friday morning. Apologies again for the delay. This is for one week only. Uh, We have... This Saturday, with the third instalment of the Kalgoorlie Cup standalone Metro meeting, we've got a Gannon's Ladies Day Cup card coming at us on Sunday, and the traditional Landor bush races they are in action on Saturday and Monday. So Landor's East Eastern Go- sorry, start again. Landor's Eastern Gascoigne Race Club they are celebrating their 100 year milestone this weekend. They tell me that Landor is a terrific bush meeting and. Uh, might be one have to get to uh, in the years to come. So hopefully all goes well up in the Eastern Gascon region there over this long weekend. Stay tuned throughout the show for info on how you can enter the world famous Market City Meets Get Out Stakes competition. And don't forget our Champs and Challenges edition of the Mundaring Hotels WA Racing Mastermind. That's right. We've got Jay Rooney looking for four straight and Kalgoorlie lad Michael Heaton. He's had a crack at the mastermind before, but he's back to, uh, to try and redeem himself on this week's edition of the Mastermind 2.0. So just a reminder to everyone just tuning into the preview edition, Terry Layton, the Perth racing guru, he is in Kalgoorlie currently for Hannon's Handicap Day. His noble steed, Dig Deep, is uh, we'll be out to do him proud and all the connections proud in the Hannans later this afternoon. So, boys, Latham, Riley, I think we should get cracking on Kalgoorlie Cup Day. We've really thrown you under the... (laughs) We've really thrown the both of you under the bus. A Kalgoorlie Cup standalone meeting to preview on the uh, on the 1-1 W Racing podcast, but we've got complete faith in you guys to uh, that you're going to find the listeners a heap of winners. Tip the card, perhaps. Let's Um, do it. Let's do it. (laughs) Let's get stuck in. uh, Weather-wise... Interesting. We got a thirty degree day for Hannon's handicap. The sun is shining. The boys and and everyone uh, and the ladies will be in their summer attire. However, things quickly turn. There's a bit of rain coming tomorrow. That's Friday. More rain coming on Saturday, with a temperature drop down towards twenty degrees on Saturday. So mm. we could be looking at a soft five or a rain affected track, and uh, and, a, and a cooler day as well. So while the the track will be hard and fast at Hannon's day on. Thursday, today, looking for probably a bit more of a, a, a impacted, slower track come Saturday. Yeah, I don't know how many. I don't know how many meals are forecast. I'm pretty sure I had a I had a quick glance and saw it wasn't that many. Mm-hmm. So it might be a little bit soggy, soggy underfoot Saturday. But hopefully it holds up and we still go in on a on a good four. Yeah, hopefully, and yeah, it might just mean that they they don't irrigate between the uh, the Thursday and the Saturday meetings. Rails in the true position, so uh, all is in readiness for a big Kalgoorlie Cup day. One thing that fellas that we need to highlight is the double engaged so yeah check your form guides because there are several horses double engaged across the thursday saturday meeting and i believe there's a few horses scattered amongst the northern sunday meeting as well so scratchings are going to be interesting come 8 a.m on saturday morning and so the fields could thin out and a few uh, of the markets could get shaken up by some key key scratchings as well so just making that a point before we start the preview as well especially in races one and one and two of the day i think that's the they're the uh the main ones so yeah um just as i said just keep an eye on that 
All right, Riley and Latham, let's get started on Kalgoorlie Cup today. Race one, 12-13 kickoff. It's the access higher maiden, 1,200 metres. Latham, do you just want to run through the uh, the current odds for the major players? Yeah, so at the moment, the favourite is the Luke Fernie runner, Green and Shady, uh, returning now as a three-year-old, I think. Yes, three-year-old. Um, other ones hard in the market, obviously, Queenship, the Adam Durant train runner, um, we've also got Talk All You Want, who's trailed up nicely, coming back for Bob McPherson. Um, and then Talk It Up, another uh, Peter Fernie runner who was hard in the market first campaign at eight bucks. So they're the ones, I guess, that are hard in the market, but I think it's a pretty open race um, from my end anyway. Yeah, we spoke off air about that. It's a bit of a, uh, bit of a low key start to Kalgoorlie Cup Day. And just a reminder that a lot of these runners are double engaged across the Thursday Hannon's Handicap meeting as well. So yeah, I think double, about, double check your scratchings. I think there's about five runners here who are all engaged today on at Kalgoorlie in, a, in one race or another. So I think it, we could see a few, uh, yep. could see a reduced field come Saturday morning. I think Noble Prince, I think Secret Lair, very good chance they'll race today. So. Um, Talk it up racing today as well at Kalgoorlie is another. Yes, yep, there you go. So, yeah, it could be we're currently getting each way odds, but that won't be each way come race day, I would imagine. Okay, check your scratching. So, let's, uh, let's get cracking on this this maiden. The As Latham mentioned, the current Jiller 50 favourite, Green and Shady, returns after a pretty solid two-year-old campaign, showed a bit, just got beat in that infamous top of the mountain photo finish <laughs> shout out to Eddie Rigg <laughs> Eddie Rigg um, he uh, tried to win it in the stewards room I think, uh, I think Latham did the same on the weekend <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, kiss on the a, <laughs> a court case <laughs> Tom Percy getting involved uh, so yeah Green and Shady makes its return 168 days between runs no trial but uh, that's no real hindrance for the, the Fernie operation Luke Fernie is in charge of this horse that they often Step their horses out without a trial. Did run uh, a couple of other good races, including a, uh, a six behind far too strong. Was only beaten two lengths when it was ridden forward on that occasion and was tipped out after the double sides produce stakes. And it's drawn nine with Chris Parnham. So you imagine first up of 1200 metres, probably going to go back and be running on. And uh, for mine, the other the other winning chance is Queenship. Had its first start for Adam Durant at Northam on the 9th of September. Did a few things wrong. Wanted to duck in behind heels. Um, was only beaten 2.3 lengths, but the form out of that race has been yep. really strong through Flicker's chance. And I think the second placed horse in that race has come out and won safety few. Yeah. Safety few, is that right? Ran quickest final 200, two safety fuse in that race too. So Yeah, I just wanted to duck in and do a few things wrong. So I imagine Adam Durant and Clint Johnston-Porter have done a bit of work behind the scenes to try and straighten her out. But well, my vision is that both those horses will be getting back, swooping and try to gun down the, the leading division. What do you guys got in mind? Yeah, um, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on Green and Shady, both of you, because I've got it nowhere near the 250, but... I can understand it. Obviously, it's a Fernie runner. Um, it does look like it could be somewhat progressive, but just a real big query for me on those two-year-old races last season. Um, gorgeous Gossip, Mahutas, that sort of form. It's, it's just not really – doesn't really jump out of the page for me, that's for sure. So, yeah, I don't know. What price have you got it, Riley? Have you marked this? Or? I didn't mark the race, but um, I – <clears throat> you've always got to be sort of wary of these these local trainers willing them yeah. out, willing them out fresh at the uh, at the racing round. Yeah, I, set for, <clears throat> set for the round. Yeah, I didn't get it. I didn't get it anywhere near two fifty. That's 
I think is a bit of a market overreaction, but you got to be, you always got to be sort of wary about these horses that are being uh, being set for these sort of races. So yeah, yeah. I thought um, I thought that if you jump sort of three three starts back for uh, for Queenship, that sort of two and a half length finish off all day session sort of jumps off the page in sort of a race like this from only yep. a few starts back. I thought that um, that last start behind Safety Fuse, we, we sort of. Um, he or she, I'm not sure if it's, a, if it's a he or she, it's a she. She sort of hopped on the back of Safety Fuse in that race and sort of um, Safety Fuse carted her into the race and she didn't really lose any ground on that runner in the straight but she didn't really take any off, take any ground off that runner either and that's stood up to be pretty pretty good form since. So, um, yeah, Queenship probably looks a looks a good winning chance in a pretty open race with a lot of uh, dual accepted horses for me but I didn't have a huge opinion of the race. I was $4 green and shady, $4 queen shoot. So yeah. I marked them equal. I didn't want to take anything much less than that for green shady. Like it can, it can win, like no doubt. Uh, however, just, I don't know, just, just a little bit wary of taking anything too short, green and shady. And so for mine, I ended up with queen ship on top and it's, uh, it's 480 compared to, uh, green and shady's 250. So that, that sort of, that'll do me, the, the 480 queen ship. I, I think, you know, there, people will want to back pike on secret lair if it starts. Uh, there's probably going to be a bit of, I, I thought, as Latham said, that talk all you want trials are okay, but, um, for mine and, and, and talk it up. I think it was favourite first start in the race and didn't have a lot of luck as well. So uh, well backed at both, yeah. both starts. Um, yeah, with Michelle two seventy two eighty both both times and went around at the races. Yeah, but for mine it's a it's a racing two between Queenship and Green and Shady and at the prices and in my leg up I've gone for Queenship on top. Latham thoughts? Um, well, I actually don't mind Commodore Gal here just as a as a value runner. Um, if Secret Lair does come out and race today in the, uh, on Thursday that is. Um, I think Commodore Gal, sorry, will will just get to the front pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that debut performance wasn't too bad. If you look at the form out of that, it obviously doesn't read well beating three length Sooty Boy, but <laughs> the horses behind it are all pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, Diamond Blue was hard in the market, um, and Diamond Blue, for example, I thought was much better as a two year old than Green and Shady. They actually faced each other on a few occasions as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I just think that that. Form for Commodore Gal will stack up here, and if it can get a pretty soft lead, um, there's currently ten bucks available. I think that's not a bad shout. Yeah, it was a funny run. I thought that that last start Commodore Gal because I actually didn't didn't mind the run either. But sort of look that sort of last hundred and fifty meters, um, Brad sort of sits up on it like as yeah, if something had gone yeah. wrong. Like he almost like the action sort of didn't feel right or something. He's just sort of pulled up and sat up on it. But there was nothing in the stewards report which uh, which interested me a little bit. I did so notice said that, yeah. that it was settled at Layoutwoods uh, Racing Greenly. Yeah, final yeah. 150. It didn't so. look like it was doing anything too extreme, though. Yeah. It just sort of felt like it looked that he sort of ducked out off off a, off a horse's off a horse's heels that was trying to go past, and then he's just sort of sat up and, and restrained it for the last sort of 150 meters, which was uh yeah, it was a it was a funny one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. R- Riley, good tip for the listeners. Yeah, I didn't have a huge opinion of the race, but uh, on the best exposed form on paper easily, and thought that the last run was good enough. So uh, queen ship for me too, BJ. Yep. I've got Queenship favourite as well, so that'll probably be a bit. Okay, race two is a CD Dodd Scrap Metal Recyclers Handicap. This is a 2,100-metre special conditions race, only the seven to face the starter at present. So Adam Durant, 
It's got a strong hand here with Egg White and Miss Adele. What's the market saying, Riley? Uh, Miss Adele is your favourite currently at the moment at $3.60. And there's, all, there's a fair few horses taking up that sort of uh, that chunk of the market with Regal City for Pike at $4.40, the Cat Ratcher at $4.60, and Egg White for the Don't Stable as well at $5. $5. American Grin sitting there at sevens. Bentley's brother at $8.50. And the longest runner was the uh, the Newman Newman Cup winner from mm. Last Start Schooling for uh, Jim Enright and Colin Haddon. Who, from all reports, you can't actually watch that replay, but it was a it was a scintillating win. Yeah, bolted. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah the tap right up was pretty impressive. Yeah, it was. It so was. Uh, another couple of Dublin gauge here as well, fellas. Number four, American Grin, and number seven, Regal City are both uh, set to start at Hannon's Handicap Day today. So keep an eye on scratchings again for race two. Thoughts, Riley, you can kick us off on this one. Um, yeah, I, I didn't know if they um, giving Regal City. It wouldn't surprise me if they back Regal City up from that sort of seventeen sixty today. If it does go around into this twenty one hundred on Saturday, but I <clears throat> I didn't know if they'd want to lead here on Regal City first try at the trip, uh, which I thought set it up really nicely for a horse like Egg White to sort of come out running and try find the top here in the race without any real speed. Mm-hmm. Um, Regal City probably just parks in behind them, and the rest will just sort themselves out. Miss Adele is probably one I could see potentially rolling forward as well, but it would be a change up from a sort of usual race pattern but yeah i <clears throat> these are staying races are also one it's a you never know what you're going to get with some of these wa staying races but, um, <laughs> to quote forrest gump <laughs> exactly i thought um i thought egg white comes out of a good enough 2200 meter contest last start where they sort of ran along at a fairly solid clip i thought that the, the top two there put a fair gap on the rest of them in the straight and i'm not sure how strong that form is but i loved how given that they were going a decent clip how well he sort of travelled into that race on the turn, and once once they straightened, he was he was bolting, and he really looked like he was going to go past. But Surf Point sort of had other ideas. Always did go past, yeah, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. And Surf Point's just sort of kicked back and didn't wasn't having a bar of it. But uh, I thought that was a really good platform for this, and I think it's going to bode really well, especially if they're a little more aggressive here to try find the top. How sort of quick they went through those sort of middle sections, and even just sitting close to the speed in the run, given there looks to be not a lot here whatsoever. Mm. Egg White, it's an improving horse, isn't it? Every time it uh, steps yeah. out, it keeps going better. Uh, Latham, thoughts? Um, I had Miss Adele flat $3 favourite here. So, um, yeah, I think I'm pretty keen to play, to be honest. Um, there's just no speed in this either. So, I think CJP can be pretty positive from the gate and just go straight to the front. Um, interesting, like Riley said, if, if Regal City, but they might not want to lead and it probably runs today as well. So, um Yes. Yeah. What's one yard that you'd think they will they will back up if he does pull out well? Ash Maley will have no no problems uh, yep. sending him around again on Saturday if he <laughs> if he goes around today. I kind of hope they do just for the sake of the race and and the market basically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've, I've quite liked Mr. Dell's prep. It's it's had, had a couple of poor ones, but last start was was super. I thought around fourth behind So War Vintage Stock. Both of those horses have been going really well. Um, red hot tip round third and it's uh, one of the fancies in the cup exactly right mm. yeah so i just think it brings the best form lines out of this race like all of these are you know, bentley's brother goes okay egg white's obviously starting to hit some form now american grin i'm probably can't back that again um <laughs> still still scarred i actually backed it last uh when pikey won that yeah, yeah finally and i said to one oh of my you mates, finally caught it yes oh, well done. one and done well mm. not one and done it's been plenty and done but <laughs> <laughs> yeah i won't be backing that until i see something a little bit uh better from it but um yeah it's just no speed in this i think if uh, if um if miss sadell can go forward and dictate i think it's going to be pretty hard to run down it's funny that the, the no speed thing, uh, which I agree with, which can often mean that something outside the box 
finds the front. And I thought that also might be the cat ratchet with Joey as a party going back on board. Yeah, I yeah. thought um I actually thought that if it was going to be one horse that was going to be benefited from the lack of sort of tempo, it would be the cat ratchet because yep. his record at staying trips is ultimately a little bit worrying. But they've been in a lot more bigger fields, faster run races. He's not going to get that here. He's got a small field where even if he doesn't go forward, he can just sit off him. And if it turns into a sprint and the way he's been racing, he will definitely be making his presence felt. Well, that carriage in Aurora form looks good, doesn't it, now? But um, I just thought with Joey as a party on board, because he's – He's really sluggish out the gates, but it's only a seven-horse field and there's not, no real leader engaged. So maybe you might have a bit of time and room to stoke him up to, to find the front. So I thought the Cat Ratchet could be the surprise leader or go forward at least anyway and uh, might change a few things up. But I'm with you, Latham. I had Mr. Dell pretty short in this actually, 280. Yep. I thought that that, that – I thought her run two back behind Overthought was really, really good. Came from last on the turn, beat home half the field, running home really strongly. Followed that up with that fourth placing to to So War. Vintage Stock has gone on and run second to Sugarcane last Saturday. Yeah, yep. Red Hot Tip ran third and that is engaged in the Kalgoorlie Cup. So that that form looks really strong. I just feel as though Clint Johnston Porter can can – I'm, I'm looking for cover with Mr. Dell, potentially, yeah. for mine. And if he can just drop in, get some cover, watch it all unfolding in front of him, I think Mr. Dell can sw- um, swoop around him and get it done. Uh, currently 360, so. Yeah, it's quite a healthy price, I think. Yeah. Uh, egg white for mine is the stable mate is the biggest danger. I found it interesting egg white comes out of class three and carries more weight than Mr. Dell as well. So yes. Good point. Mr. Dell is coming out of a 60 plus behind the likes of So or Vintage Stock and Red Hot Tip and we've got 58 kilos as opposed to the uh, – 58 and a half the egg white carries which uh probably means it's probably poorly weighted but i just think it's one of those races where it's not going to make the the, the mountain of difference in the end the way the race is going to be run mm. mr dell egg white and maybe the cat ratcher might be the well he's actually in the pretty he's 460 chance the cat ratcher so he's not that far out of the box but it does look i think these are the sort of right for mr dell to be um I don't know, like to to be a horse with any profile whatsoever. These are the races that she needs to be winning. This, to be winning. Is, this yeah. is this is set up for her. Race three, the LD total handicap seventeen sixty. This is a ratings sixty six plus. Another pay one two. The seven runners. This is a tricky one, boys. It is. <clears throat> I thought it was a, a simple map, but uh, definitely not a simple race to uh, dissect. That's for sure. Right. I, Tell I, me your map. I thought Dill Red would lead. You'd find Cuban Twist will come across and sit in the breeze and you've got Stratocrete will sit leaders back. Pink and Purple, I probably had three back the fence with Pretty Fryer finding that 1-1, that 1-1 one, one, that one, one box seat. Yep. Yeah, pretty much the same really. I don't think Pike will be too perturbed if he does get three back the fence either. He's been riding Pink and Purple really, really well all campaign when when, uh, when he's been out in Cal. So um, I think the market's pretty close to – Run Correct. through, run through yeah. the market for us, Leigh. Uh, so Pink and Purple is the 265 favourite currently with Tap Touch. Mm-hmm. Um, Cuban Twist, 460. Pretty Fryer, five bucks. Uh, Magical, Magic Will Rain, 750. Miracle Man, eight dollars. Um, Stratocreed, seven dollars. So it is a pretty open race, but Pink and Purple is the, the market elect. Yeah, which you can imagine is uh, is the case when you look through it, this horse's starting price profile. So last two starts, it was $3 favourite in the Coolgardie Cup and was a 9.50 chance in the Boulder Cup. Comes back a peg into into this grade with only 55 kilos. Pike sticks uh, gate one 
is owned by his uh, his partner Jess Velas, so he won't be he wouldn't be jumping off anytime soon. But in the what do you think of her the pink and purple Boulder Cup run? He had to get going on her a bit earlier than he would have liked. Um, almost didn't quite run out that strong. 2100 meters yeah. so i think from coming back to the 1760 gate one with a nice smother sort of sucking into the race as pike loves to do i think that's got a better setup for pink and purple rather than being out doing all the bullocking work chasing the race yeah i couldn't agree more i think it's it's really well suited to pike sit and sprint type style with cover so um yeah he's going to get the perfect setup it's just whether you want to take 265 mm. um I'm not really sure what the market will do. Have, have you marked this race, BJ? I have. What have we got here? I had 250 pink and purple, uh, Cuban twist 480, and then my next in line was actually Miracle Man at $7 and upwards others from there. Yep. They were, that was how I priced the race. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, this pink and purple won a fairly similar race to this three starts back the Tattersall's Cup beating Cuban Twist and Stratocrete. And on that occasion, she was a $1.90 favourite. Only got up in the last stride, but was held up behind heels and just just pike, a bit of pike magic sort of squeezed up on the fence there to get the, get the result. But um, whether she's a bit jaded up coming to the end of her prep and taking on the big guns, I suppose, in the Coolgardia Boulder Cup, that remains to be seen. But all things being equal, it does look like she's going to bounce back pretty strongly on Saturday. Yeah, I agree. Interesting tidbit that we need to factor in as well miracle man probably the class run of the race isn't he like his best is better than the rest oh definitely put in a shocker <clears throat> second up had obviously had too too bad to be true since then the bar plates have come off the front feet um and the hind feet bar plates off all bar plates all bar yeah. plates are off that's a big a big lead really big change um and you would think that if miracle man is anywhere near his uh you know, anywhere near his a peak rating that he gives us a bit of a shake, even with the 60 kgs. Yeah, I tried to find an angle to try and find sort of Miracle Man. Like mm -hmm. I, he, as you've said, he's a class runner of the field, but uh, last start was a bit of a stinker, as you have as you have mentioned, and it can be hard sometimes to sort of find that find that form again going up in trip as well after a, after a failure at the 1400. And you do, he does lose Pike as well, but he loses a bar shares, which is, I think, is a huge positive. Huge, and yeah. the fact that they've gone up with the one runner for the uh, for this race sort of says to me that they've got some intent, and he's he's going to run a much improved race here, I think. Yeah, where, sure. where did you map him? Sorry, Riley. Uh, Miracle Man. Is. Miracle Man, I had getting back. I think yep. he's going to sit probably sit probably one off at the back of the field. Yeah, try, try and get a try and get a cart into it. Yeah, because that was the query for me. I wasn't sure whether to try and be aggressive here and try and go forward, or yeah, just snag and, and go back. Well, I think the seven horse field helps, doesn't it? Yeah. So, uh, coming off a poor run last start, I mean, in the past, you probably could go forward and try to be ridden like the best horse in the race, but with the seven runners, probably doesn't really have to. He can sort of sit back and, and, and tag something, get dragged into the race and maybe get the last crack at him if he's on song. But to me, it just looks like, as you said, deal red will lead. Uh, there will be, um, Cuban twist in the box seat. Is that what you said, Riley? Yeah, Cuban twist. I had breezing with yep. uh, with pretty fry in the box seat. Pretty fry yeah. with uh, yeah, Stratocreed leaders back who's been jumping better of late. Yeah, I think Stratocreed didn't have a lot of luck last start. And it can it can improve and but really it just it, the race for me is where the pike can get the galloping room he requires to for to wind up pink and purple and to drive her through. I think if the gap's open, then it could yeah, be that's could it, be really. all over. That's yeah. it. And he's miracle man. He's given a horse like pink and purple five kilos as well, which is. Uh, which is uh, Jeez, a big, some turnaround a big by Jordan Rolf on it to get Miracle yeah. Man back on track. But uh, we all in agreement here. Yeah. Latham, you got anything outside the square? 
Nah, I think that's it for me. Pink and yeah. purple is probably the on topper. Um, it's just whether you're willing to take that price, but might be a multi-selection. Yeah, okay. pink, pink and purple for me too, BJ. All right, pink and purple across the board for a very much in form, William Pike. Race four is the Coastal Midwest Transport West Speed Handicap. This is over the 1,200 metres, and uh, I think we might we might be um, trying to scour for a bit of value in this race. Riley, what's the market telling us, mate? Market at the moment's wide open, BJ. We've got a $4.20 favourite um, in Trade War for Michael Lane, followed by Snippy Miss at four forty, Yo-Yos for William Pike and Peter Fernie at five dollars fifty, Scandolo last start winner Terry Layton's twenty six dollar declaration at the Sporting Globe <laughs> at uh, at six dollars fifty, uh, World Ruler at seven, so he's coming out of a maiden win, and Born Spicy at nine dollars fifty with Olsina as well. Mm. It's a very interesting race. It is an interesting race. I reckon this will be one of the more. Uh, you know, hotly debated races on Calgary Cup Day as well. I reckon you could probably find, I don't know, six different tipsters with six different winning oh, well, on top selections anyway. But um, for mine, I, I thought that Born Spicy jumps and holds the front from one. Uh, yeah. It just has to begin. I think it can hold up. World Ruler sort of has been rolling forward, sort of sat outside leader and made a mid-race move to win. Last start, I've got World Ruler in the breeze. Alcina leaders back and yo-yos exact same map as me yeah yo-yos in the one one yeah um from there my personal uh, opinion is that born spicy who led at northern two starts ago just got beat by stablemate bright glow yes um got pipped right on the line that was a that was a good run by by born spicy then went back to kalgoorlie last start in the same race won by scandolo and just was three wide tracking into the race nicely and Jay McNaught had an opportunity to go get out around hills and and sort of push into the race from there. In that moment, she was sort of looked to go inside hills, the horse in front of her, and at that exact same time, uh, Mitchell Pateman was it on Scandolo, yep. made, the, made the winning move, the move that really Jade should make, and whipped around them, uh, uninterrupted forward momentum and uh, and one going away while Jade McNaught on Born Spicy was sort of in trouble for the whole straight, eventually getting clear when the race was all over to run third. That, to me, just screamed like Born Spicy's ready to win, which is... Uh, Hard to get too excited, enthused about because this mare is 12 starts with one win only. But with finding the rail in front from gate one, down on the minimum 54 kilos, de- uh, really, really unlucky last start. I think this is a good setup for Born Spicy. Yeah, I think the key to Born Spicy is just getting the horse to settle. I think, um, Latham, yeah, I think you'll definitely. agree that um, going through the replays of Born Spicy's, Born Spicy's recent runs, she just um, – Throws a head around a bit and likes to yeah. pull, pull, rip, and tear a bit, which uh, which always means that they're left lacking a bit of uh, lacking a bit of finishing burst once they get to the business end. So I think that I think the nine dollars fifty is definitely value for a horse that's going to find the front on the minimum, but it's just whether or not that the horse can settle is going to be a going to be a big deciding factor. I think, mm. especially late in the race. Good point. I was I was six dollars born spicy. I found this race hard to price because there's so many. It's so open, but I was four dollars eighty. Was the uh, was the was my equal favourites? That was one, two, three down the page. Scandolo, Snippy Miss, and Tradewell were the were the four eighty equal faves, and then um, Born Spicy six dollars from there. But I like Born Spicy out in front, down the limit. Latham, thoughts? Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. It's probably one of my better each way bets for the day. I think um, I've marked it a four fifty favourite, so mm. probably been a little bit too kind on it, but. 
as you've alluded to, if, if this can lead and boot up uh, along the fence, I think it's going to be awfully hard to catch. Um, yeah, it's been over racing quite badly when it's had to take a sit. Mm. Um, but that northern run, it, it, it led and um, was in it for a long way. You know, pretty good class three. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't a bad race actually. Yeah. So I think that form will hold up as long as Jade can find the fence and, and hopefully lead. So, um, yeah, one of the better bets for the day for me at the $9.50. And Riley, you found one around a similar price. Tell the listeners, what have you got? Yeah, I just thought that um, Olsina was the one, the runner for me. That just stood out as you just know what you're going to get with her here. Like ever since coming across to Cal and settling in with Josh Brown, she's been absolutely flying. Mm. And that fresh effort was really solid in what was actually a very strong 58 plus. I thought the that standard 58 plus was a really strong contest. Um, she drops in grade to a, a week of 53, I thought, here and only rises half a kilo at the weights. She's going to get this beautiful run smothered away on the back of the leader. And for me, she just looked the one that was going to run a Sean O'Donnell race. as well. Sean O'Donnell, the, the uh, pickup ride specialist, hops exactly. on, hops off, yep. gets the job done. Yeah, you could be onto something there. Yeah, I think all the others have potential and can probably win this race on their day for sure. Your likes of Snippy Misses and your Trade Wars and Born Spicy as well. Looks a bit of value at $9.50. But I've just got my reservations. And the only concern I can find with her is just needing maybe a little bit of luck to pop off the leader's back if she rolls off the fence when they strike and for home but yeah I'll see her at around that sort of $10 mark I thought it was going to run a really big race so mm. I'm happy to be as one of my better value bets of the day as well Are you surprised that Scandola is six fifty? dollars I thought he would be at the pointy end of the market what, Yeah the, the win looked progressive but Was there There was, was, was a, I just have a about around what what she what was beaten in that race, mm-hmm. and yeah. obviously Born Spicy came out of that race, but was just terribly unlucky and probably didn't get the didn't get the greatest of rides. So you can you can make excuses for her, but Yo-Yo's just, as well, was, yeah, was really unlucky in that race. It was held Let's up. Let's talk about Yo-Yo's. Did you so the the camera caught there was a front on vision down the back straight where Yo-Yo sort of balked and sort of. Yeah, stumbled and almost kicked out another horse it looked like it was very odd and uh, William Pike was lucky to stay on yeah so after all that still travelled up strong and had a lap for the horse and just couldn't get clear uh, when he needed to Pikey that was after a a bit of a brain explosion on the horse's behalf Um, obviously the stewards took action sent it back to trials had to trial um, satisfactorily trial was was nice enough yeah before it could come back Uh, I thought it's win two starts ago where got the got the nice run peeled and went bang like it was pretty authoritative authoritative so yo-yo's uh pike sticks gate four fits on its best behavior it can impact as well it's just one of those races isn't it you know so uh, plenty of plenty of different angles like yeah yeah what do you do with poor old snippy miss like just just like that the form she's bringing is yeah. just super solid, but she just cannot cross the line first. <laughs> yeah, her best wins, but oh it's no, it's just, just like her. that. She should have beaten Ginger Fly arguably last start. Who would what price would Ginger Fly be? In yeah, this race? exactly. Yeah, hundred percent. Especially yeah, rolling along out in front. Yeah. So yeah, and rolling along out in front is where I want to be, and hopefully that's born spicy. Uh, Jade McNaught and uh, gets the chocolates at about the what are we talking nine fifty ten dollar range at the moment so yeah and uh, Riley's so Latham's in alignment with me Riley's looking to Alcina yeah Alcina around a similar price Alcina for me each way okay let's take a break and we'll come back with our Mundaring Hotel WA Racing Mastermind Jay Rooney looking for four straight Michael Heaton uh, Kalgoorlie lad uh, should be a great clash. It's time for our Mundaring Hotel WA Racing Mastermind competition. 
That's right, Latham. The Mundaring, it's been the heart of the hills since 1899, located in Jacoby Street, Mundaring. Terry and I were up there last Thursday. We had some, we had an absolute ripping day there with uh, Ian O'Connor and two juicy palmies. It was uh, it was outstanding. So if you do get a chance to uh, to drop in in the heart of the hills, see the publican, Ian O'Connor, say good day, let him know you're a 1-1 listener and he'll roll out the red carpet as always. Last week, rising star of the game, Toby Dunn. He had his chance to dethrone Jay Rooney, pushed him all the way before falling agonisingly short. This week, however, Jay will face a Kalgoorlie lad desperate for redemption. Back for a second crack at the mastermind, his friend of the podcast, Michael Heaton. G'day, Michael. G'day, BJ. Hello, boys. Great to be back on for a second crack. Hopefully, I can redeem myself from the first up effort. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you've licked your wounds. You've learned from your mistakes, and you're back for a second crack, mate. First of all, Michael, uh, you've got some some uh, some news this Saturday potentially. Uh, potentially, yeah. My partner Cecilia's uh, our baby is due on this Saturday, so I wasn't able to make it to Kalgoorlie. First round I've missed for uh, a few years this year, so just all hands on deck, waiting for the foal to arrive. So it could be any day now. Mate, congratulations. That is fantastic. Your, your, your first child. Uh, wish you all the best, you and Cecilia, mate. Congratulations. Uh, hopefully you can get oh, that. Hopefully God. you can bank a $100 Mundaring Hotel Mastermind uh, voucher. Might come in handy down the track. <laughs> <laughs> Jay Rooney, uh, our carryover champion, he's out to become only the second person to record four straight Mastermind victories. How are the nerves, Jay? Yeah, morning, guys. Um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, we've got a, a new challenger of the Calgary round time and the Calgary boys. So, um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see how we go. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm ready to go. Jay, I was watching the post-game uh, breakdown on Fox Footy or the AFL Grand Final, and I saw you lurking in the crowd. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was doing a bit of a tagging job on a few Melbourne players, trying to, trying to get some interviews, so... That was a, it was a pretty cool experience doing that, actually. I bet. It looked like good fun. Who would you end up catching up with? Uh, we, we were focused on the WA boys. So I've got uh, Trent Rivers, who uh, used to play at East Fremantle Colt. Mm-hmm. Um, I spoke to Cozzy Pickett, who's born in South Australia, but um, raised predominantly in, in Western Australia. So he counts himself as a bit of a WA boy. Um, yeah, that, that were the two main guys I got. But yeah, it was a bit of a buzz being in, in the rooms post-game after a after a big grand final like that, I bet, I bet, I was very jealous, mate. Um, that was awesome. What a uh, what a moment uh, in your journalism career, mate. This this I'm sure if you can make it four straight though, this will be this will be the top. This will be the peak moment for uh, for Jay <laughs> this Rooney. Be the yep. <laughs> this is it. All right, so we've got Michael Heaton, Jay Rooney. Your names are your bot buzzers, and to be crowned this week's mastermind, you'll need to be the first person to answer three questions correctly. Challenger, are you ready? Ready to roll. Mastermind, are you ready? Let's do it. Three, two, one. No Terry today, but we'll keep the uh, the Terry inspired. Who am I? Question to kick things off. Who am I? My father was a former premiership winning jockey. My mother and father are both now licensed trainers. I haven't ridden in races since 2012. In the year 2010, I rode the winners of both the Hannans Handicap and Kalgoorlie Cup. Jay. Michael. Jay. Oh. Duncan Miller. 
Duncan Miller is correct. Yeah. In 2010, Duncan won uh, the Hannons on King Cool Cat and the yeah. Kalgoorlie Cup. Was that on Sunrange? Is that right, Michael? Sunrange? Yeah, yeah, Sunrange, yeah. That's right. Big week for uh, for Duncan uh, in 2010. <laughs> so, Jay, one, Michael, yet to score. Question two. The Kalgoorlie Cup has been won by father-daughter-trainer-jockey combinations twice since 2015. Who were they? Jay, Michael. Jay. Jeff and Jerry Noski and uh, Justin and Lucy Warwick. Ooh, correct. That's two to Jay. (laughs) Did you know that, Michael? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I've been a little slow off the mark. (laughs) (laughs) Jay, two. Michael, Zero. Okay. This is a clean slate. Yeah. Name the jockey that won four Kalgoorlie Cups between 2005 and 2012. Michael. Michael Heaton. Daniel Stake. Oh, he's on the board. On the board. 2-1. Yeah. 2-1. Okay. Edward Crichton and Randy Tan have ridden Kalgoorlie Cup winners for what trainer? Michael. Oh, Michael. Michael got in there. <laughs> Peter Fernie. Oh, 2-2. Two, two. Big comeback. It's Jay 2 Michael 2. Okay. All righty. In 2018, dual Boulder Cup winner Fry Fox had four Victorian starts for which trainer? Jay. Michael. Jay Rooney. Darren Weir. He's done it. He's done it. Congratulations, Jay Rooney. Four straight. You joined Fraser Hay as four-time winners of the Mastermind. Michael Heaton, oh so close. You were beaten a bit like all-day session on Kiss on All Four Cheeks. You were beaten a pixel on a few of those questions, mate. You were brave in defeat. Thanks for jumping on, mate. All right, no worries. Cheers. Well done, Jay. Thanks, mate. All the best for the weekend. Thank you. And, yeah, so, Michael, from all of us here at the 1-1, One One, uh, all the best to, uh, to you and the family on, uh, on the, uh, a safe and healthy birth of your first child this weekend. Jay Rooney, you've done it, mate. That's four straight. Uh, what more can we say? Who, who are we going to – boys, who are we going to get off the, off the bench to try to knock him off his perch? Oh, geez, he's four straight. Four he's, straight. He's going to have to be someone pretty good, I think. Yeah, Jay, you're, you're one win away for securing your position at the – Perth Racing Gurus end of year party. Uh, congratulations, mate. How do you do it? Oh, I don't know. It's, uh, the, old, the old Kalgoorlie um, trivia is pretty pretty fresh on the mind from being out there for well, going out there many years. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I suppose I just have to do so many stories on this, these, um, the history of all these races, and, and especially in the last sort of 15 years or so. So, it's, uh, yeah, pretty fresh on the mind. And, um, yeah, hopefully get the job done again next week, mate. What, what are your thoughts on the Perth Racing Guru end of your party? Can you can you taste the beer just yet? <laughs> I, I don't know if I'll survive that. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty weak these days. So I only take a few beers to get me going. So um, if I go there and have about a thousand beers, I might might not survive. I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> it might be the last time we see you here from Jay Rooney. Hey Jay, uh, yep. um, congratulations, mate! That's a fantastic achievement, four straight. And as always, got to ask you, mate: Will you be available to defend your crown next Thursday? 
Yep, definitely. Lock it in, and that is the uh, the Back to Ascot edition of the 1-1. Congratulations again, Jay, and all the best, Michael, and uh, everyone who's uh, getting involved with uh, the Kalgoorlie round, all the best over the next couple of days. Cheers, guys. Thanks, guys. What about that, fellas? Jay Rooney. Awesome. He's uh, so, he's looking pretty hard to beat at the moment. He's the man, isn't he? Isn't he? Panels Jay. of fencing at the moment. Yeah. Good luck yeah. trying to reel him in. Michael, had, um, Michael, he, Michael was he, he was just about, wasn't he? He was just about there, but uh, storm time, storm time. Yeah, uh, he just wasn't quite quick enough on the uh, on the old trigger finger there. But Jay, he's uh, that's four. He'd be going for five, and uh, yeah. So, have you guys yeah. had uh, Mark Olmus on yet? The mastermind. I thought I reckon yeah. he'd be a pretty good challenger. Should we our, throw down the gauntlet? Yeah. Tomorrow? I reckon we should throw down the gauntlet. He <laughs> yeah. seems like he'd be in the know. He might be able to uh, provide some stiff competition to yeah. uh, Jay Rooney. I reckon next I, week if he's up for the task. All right. If you heard that, Mark Olmos, I know he's a listener. Mark, yeah, he'll be all over that, I reckon. If you're tuning in, the, the challenge has been sent out for you to try to end the winning streak of Jay Rooney. And just a reminder, guys, that we have a capped winning streak of five. So if, if Jay wins next week, he'll be five and done and he'll be at the Guru's Christmas, at the end of, end of year party, rather. So Mark Olmos, the challenge has been set. And that's another $100 gift voucher to the Mundaring Hotel for Jay Rooney. Um, Heart of the Hills since 1899. Make sure you get up there and uh, support our sponsor, our great sponsors up in the hills, the Mundaring Hotel. Race five, Raglan drilling handicap over the 1,400 metres. Now, this is a bit more like it, gents. This is a bit more like it. Uh, initially, when I was scrolling through the field, oh, Indigo Blue, huge first up when resuming. I think it was like four or five deep the entire, never on the track, ran fourth. Obviously, ran some cracking races uh, in Black Type Company as a three-year-old, Adam Durant. Clint Johnston Porter, and then I saw Star Align in the field as well, and I knew that we were set for a uh, ding dong clash between these two horses on Calgary Cup Day. I'm in the Star Align camp. I'll tell you why shortly. Riley Latham, what are you boys saying? I think we're pretty similar here, aren't we? Riley? I think we might have a might have a three way go here <laughs> for our for our selection in the race. I just thought this is another race where Star Align looks incredibly hard to beat. For me, it wasn't. Absolute mile beaten in that Coolgardie sprint, two back. And then last start's come out, won the Yarradale stud sprint, holding off Moshard late, who's very well fancied in the, uh, in the Hannons handicap today, when both of them coming from well back in the field. I just think Pikey smart enough here to know the horse he wants to follow to mm -hmm. take him into this race. I think that he'll just hop on the back of and tag a horse like Indigo Blue, who a horse I personally have my doubts on in terms of how genuine she is, mm -hmm. who yep. should at the very least take him into the race. And the weight won't be an issue. We know that Starline carries that weight with no issue. And look at the form from last prep. Just goes far and above what any of these have been doing themselves around the likes of, I'll list you some names, Captain Chaos, Not To Be Missed, Miss Contecki, Leading Girl, Naughty By Nature. And there's a few others I could continue. Really yeah, exactly mm -hmm. right. There's a few others that I just didn't mention. And yeah, for me, if he gets the right run and Pike can get a card up into the race and find the right back to follow. He just looks your winner and $2.60 is probably a backable price. So $2.60 Starline versus $3.50 Indigo Blue. Latham? Yeah, I pretty much agree with everything Riley's just uh, alluded to there. Starline, you couldn't find a more honest horse either. If you look at its career, it's, I think it's 29 starts and it's ran in the money on 20 occasions. Like, And you know, I reckon it's getting better. Yeah, oh, 100%. I reckon once, I th I'm 
thinking once Cal comes, it can, it can return to Ascot and do some damage yeah. big time. Absolutely. I want to be following Starline post-round as well. So. Well, it actually, it won that race at Belmont, didn't it? Or was it? Uh, sorry, Ascot. Ascot with Brad Rewilla led yes. all the way. Yeah. From like gate 14 or something like that. Sort of jumped from a wide gate, speared across and yep. run them ragged. And it's ran third to Billy Ain't Silly and Naughty by Nature at Belmont, yep. 72 plus grade. So it's a really good, honest horse. And um, as... Riley mentioned if it gets cover, I think it's going to be awfully hard to beat. Um, and Indigo Blue also have queries on that horse. I just think that champion Phillies run, was it, where it came second? Yep. Obviously, that was enormous back then, but it's not sure it's come back the same accomplished horse we all yeah. thought it might be. Mm. Um, so at that 350, I'm sort of willing to look past Indigo Blue. Yeah, me too. I think the Starline backers will be pretty happy that Indigo Blue is in the race just to absorb some of that market percentage there as well. One thing I did notice about Indigo Blue, first up, I think Adam Durant and Clint Johnston-Porter won a race, or maybe Clint Johnston-Porter won a race earlier in the day and Brittany Brittany Taylor or Scotty Embry was speaking to him post-race and they said, what do you got to look forward to later in the day? He goes, I'm pretty excited about Indigo Blue which was a good lead, I thought. And then just the way that he rode it, it was just like very aggressive. Uh, got even He wasn't didn't want to go back and ride for like he was like, I'm just going to sit out here. <laughs> yeah, it might he was pretty much four I deep think, the entire. I think yeah. the pattern might have played a bit of yes, a role there, yeah. obviously with, the, with, the, with that sort of hot rail on that day. But I still thought there was there was that opportunity, obviously, to be ridden a bit differently. And I, I expected it to be – I expected her to be ridden a bit differently on that day too. Yeah. So, three, 14 no, no cover the entire was was big run, big big run brave. Obviously ran some creditable fourths in against good three-year-old company um, in the autumn. However, it's coming up against a, a sort of a hardened, weight-carrying, seasoned sort of track specialist. I can – Exactly how the boys have outlined this race. I can see Pike just following Johnston Porter everywhere. He goes peeling and just out muscling Indigo Blue late on the uh, on the seasoned older horse. So I was pretty confident. Starline actually made it in my leg up, made it my best of the day. Yep, me. I'm in sharing in grants. Yeah, I think it might be one of the better bets as well. Yeah, just um, just one I wanted. I think I'm expecting uh, of all the lane runners on the day, I'm expecting Phone Me to be the big improver on a dry track. I'm not sure how well he's going at the moment, but uh, he's legless on anything rain affected. Yeah. So I'm expecting a much improved Phone Me when we see him this weekend if he handles Kalgoorlie and gets back onto a dry deck. Yeah, as well as just I, th- I feel as though Phone Me is the horse who really needs that sort of softish sort of cover, yeah. smother run. Uh, yeah. The other day he was 1-1 one, one in a walk and Sean, Sean McGrady took off to put some speed into the race, hit the front, and then but phone me just couldn't sustain being ridden in that fashion. Uh, I understand what the tactics were and why the decisions were made, but for that particular horse, he, he just has to sort of almost be ridden cold, conservative, saved up and just let loose for a sort of short, sharp dash late. Um, and from seven, Chris Parnham gets that opportunity. He probably follows uh, Star Line as well. So the, the three of them um, should be running on late in the race. But I'm really confident here, Star Line. I thought that last start victory over Machard was outstanding. Was outstanding, and massive run. Massive. massive run. And uh, I think he wins again. Race six is the Gordon's premium pink handicap over the 1,600 metres and no doubt – 
Riley Morgan will be launching into the punter's pal, Camp Easy. <laughs> talk, Look, talk me out of Camp Easy, Riley, please. Uh, I've just uh, – <laughs> Camp Easy has just been the uh, the wallet burner for the last for the last oh, six geez. weeks, six weeks or so. But uh, definitely will not be getting any of mine here on the weekend, I'm afraid, to the uh, Michael Lane camp. But still uh, still a $3.80 uh, favourite. <laughs> the, the, market still, the market still swings – Loves him. Swings towards him, but uh, I couldn't have him as my favourite in this field. No way. Yeah, it was funny. I actually looked at this and thought I could get him shorter. Yeah. But because of what he's done in the last couple of starts. Um, it's, it's hard to hard to put that yeah. out of your mind, isn't it? So. It's hard to trust. Um, For what it's worth, I was $4 camp easy. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably about right. It's a funny race because for me, the horses I think that have the best chances of winning are either mapping really poorly or they're stepping up really sharply in trip. Mm-hmm. Like I really like the run of Blazing Tycoon last start in a race. I think will hold up strongly as a form reference. But mm-hmm. again, going to get the right run, but 1,300 up to the mile for the first time in the career is always always a little query. Little says, I thought we ran a really big race last start, dropping, but he's dropping back in trip and maps to have to probably circle them all from last. And there's a chance it's going to be afforded every possible up on speed and there's no queries at the trip, but that Dale Swinton form just doesn't fill me to the brim with confidence to be brutally honest. <laughs> There's a gap between runs. There's a chance as well. A month between runs. Yeah. yeah. It has, yeah. yeah. That, uh, that change yeah, really uh, tw- turned it around. Yeah, he's done a good job, hasn't he? Yeah. That's 27 days between runs. There's a chance. So it's yeah. freshened up and looks the likely leader. Were you in agreement there? There's a chance. Yeah. If they, yes, I think. If, depends. Um, yeah, I think I think they'll be a frequent dividend if they do back up from today. If it wants to get across, yes. they're going to have to do some work. Yeah. And uh, Cocky Dodd gets the blinkers on here. So I think Cocky Dodd might try and go for the lead as well from from Barrier 4 who, uh, yeah, gets the blinkers on for the first time. Thanks for reminding me, Riley. Black Comet, Del Swinton, Cocky Dodd and Regal Dividend all double engaged. Yep. So uh, keep an eye out, scratchings. Latham, thoughts on race six of the day? Um, yeah, it looks a really open race. I think one thing we haven't uh, quite touched on yet as well is just Kalgoorlie as a, as a track. I find a lot of horses, probably when they go to Cal, their second and third run, they really start to improve. We're seeing a lot of trainers, local trainers, pick up these sort of horses from town um, and really rejuvenating their careers. There's a, a, a few in this, like Little Sess, Pyro, um, even Regal. Pyro, yeah. Pyro, what was that, 40 start maiden before it finally won a race? Yeah, so, fine. Ran some massive fourth and fifth, though. Yeah, yeah there's a chance, yeah, the same same boat. Yeah, I mean, all these horses back, you know, if you had told me 12 months ago, they'd be hard in the market against a horse like Campesi, I, I would have laughed, but it's just the way... Um, Kalgoorlie has shaped so um, look Campese is probably the one probably the best horse in the race but I couldn't back Campese so it leaves value um, Blazing Tycoon like Riley mentioned was uh, was super last start I thought it's last two have been good yeah yeah. it's not a horse I had a big opinion of but I really liked it chasing a bunny last start when mm. it was coming from back half of the field so when it was bro- with Brock Luthway it was ridden forward a lot yeah and it, so you're right it feels like it's it's in a bit more of a sweet spot, just not being asked for much early and being, yeah, being no, allowed to run on. I really yeah. like the booking of Rewilla yep. as well. Rewilla goes on for obviously the apprentice in Jet Stanley who did ride it quite – I thought it was a good ride last start to get it as close as it did, mm. but still that, that senior sort of jockey going on makes a, makes a world of difference. Gate one as well. Yeah, I think Jarman as well at the current price represents value to me. What are we looking um, at? $13 on tap touch. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Jarman cost punters a few starts back at Belmont. I was on as well, but um, I just uh, Patton was against it that day. Exactly right. Yeah. And this is a suitable race. It's, uh, it's raced at Kalgoorlie previously and gone well. So um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Jarman can run a hole here. And then Lucy's starting to find some form again too. So 
that'll probably be one of my plays, but um, not a huge amount of confidence in this race. Yeah, I, I actually really like Little Cess. Yeah, it's flying. <laughs> it's absolutely <laughs> flying. I don't know what Lactar was doing last start. It began well, then he's sort of anchored it, but just sort of overdid it. And when he's come back, he's he's almost found the rail. I don't know three or three to four lengths off the second last horse. He just just sort of overcorrected, trying to trying to get the horse to um, I guess to settle at the rear, and then he's had to he's had to chase the race from there. Got back on, got on, had to do a lot of work to get onto the winner, the eventual winner's heels. Followed that into the race, got last crack at him, but just as you can imagine, all the all, all the energy it sort of. It, it used inefficiently early in the race, ended up impacting it, just blunting its finish. So it was still a mighty effort. And really, the way that this horse ro- uh, likes to be ridden, you couldn't ask for a better. <laughs> you, couldn't, you couldn't ask for a better jockey it, to be sitting on, oh, sitting on board. Scripted ideally for the wizard just to hop on board. No, no offense to, to Lacta, but we're talking about a different different class of class of hoop and. Just the, I just feel like this horse is going to sprout wings underneath Pike, ridden conservatively, three and four wide, improving to the race, letting loose down, providing the the track's fair. Then yeah, I can just see a little Cess rolling to the race and just going bang. Yeah, is that an ex Martin Allen horse? Yeah, I think it Martin is. Allen, yeah, yeah. went around with yeah. Martin Allen. Yeah. yeah, David Smith's doing some really good work out there. Mate, with- this its last two wins, its two wins prior to its third were excellent yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah if anyone has an opportunity to watch the the replay of Little Cess from last night just have a look at uh, the important part of the race the, the, at the, the start and then the, the first 400 metres after that just and to be beaten what was it less than a length on the line was just was mighty so Mighty Allen they were really intent on riding the horse forward yes they were really intent on yeah. riding the horse forward and then he's come to David Smith and David Smith's gone we're going to change how we race how we race him and we're race her sorry and they're Settling back and running on, it's almost a different horse completely. The, the only thing yeah. that, that I can see bringing undone little Cess is obviously if Campisi strikes what everyone believes he can do that that mythical peak performance that we're that we're uh, anticipating, which hasn't yet arrived. If, if he if he puts it all together on race day, but the the other thorn in the side is there's a chance, sort of leading evenly early and then just trying to nick off from the 800 and stretching the field and that might that might mean that little cess ends up almost too far out of its ground potentially however if there's an even tempo and the, there's no real um you know there's no real sort of mid-race moves or anything anything like that and it's just a normal race and little cess can have them have, pike can have little cess within striking distance and gun them down late yeah. yeah, I'll be waiting. I'll be waiting to play late, hoping for a drift on Blazing Tycoon or Little Cess. And if we can see anything double figures for Blazing Tycoon double and close to double figures for Little Cess, I'll be happy to have a play on both of those. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's late on the Betfair Exchange, betfair.com. We'll Where are you, Latham? Uh, yeah, we'll just have a pattern as well, mm. which will be important by this part, uh, part of the day, race six. So um, I could imagine the outside will probably be the better part of the track by this point. So... Um, yeah, now that you've said it, BJ, little Cess, I'm in a grants, I think. Mm. 5.50 is a pretty healthy price. Yeah, and uh, the, the other horse that's going to be getting back and running on is He's Almighty. I thought He's Almighty was a bit stiff last, uh, a little bit stiff, but but more so just the, the shape of the race just, just didn't allow, didn't give He's Almighty enough runway to get working in the race. But 
hit the hit the line hard, was on heels late, uh, looking for galloping room, and ran one of the faster last two hundreds of the day. He's Almighty has been placed at Kalgoorlie three starts ago, so look out for um, him getting back and running on. But for me, that. William Pike, little Cess, inform there, flying at the track. I think it's set up sweetly for her. Race seven on the card is the Neo Medals handicap over the twelve hundred meters, and it's a uh, it's an interesting little race here. We've got some horses coming up from Perth, and we've got some horses that have been uh, that have been doing the pre- predominantly racing in Kalgoorlie. So it's uh, it's an interesting map. I think when you when you think about what they're going to do with a horse, the likes of Magnaforce, who's a horse I just want to touch on quickly. Mm-hmm. The horse has been beaten a combined 53 lengths at his, <laughs> at his last two starts <clears throat> and for whatever reason is allowed to race here some 10 or 12 days later, I think, without going back to the trials. Mm. I thought that was I thought that was interesting, um, interesting yeah. um, sort of – booking a horse in to race again after those last couple of starts. And the last start I had was only on the 19th of September, so it was uh, 11 days ago. And, an- and another <coughs> part of that, sorry to interrupt, Riley, is that last start, Magnaforce was $10 into six fifty, dollars firming. Well, yeah. And there was – all it said in the stewards report was that it was uh, past a post-race vets exam was given the all clear. However, we need a bit more than that, don't we? I think we do. Yeah. I mean, you can't be getting beaten – 25 and 29 lengths and racing again nine days later after getting pretty pretty well supported in the market from yeah. tens to tens to six dollars fifty and look being beaten those distances i can't imagine they're going to be overly aggressive here from from where they've drawn like a horse that's been compounding completely at the top of the straight i don't think they're going to want to be leading on it and trying to set trying to dictate a tempo so probably means that turbo power from the wide gate might get the chance to cross these mm. unless a horse the likes of weapon sun kicks up and tries to hold the top which he's also probably capable of doing i agree i think um i think they'll be they can be really aggressive with turbo power to come and try and cross weapon sun be interesting to see how hell-bent paul harvey is to try and hold up on weapon sun from gate so Lath. yeah uh riley what he's just said was spot on like magnaforce is it's just such a hard runner to assess here because it's best is good enough and probably wins this race but and he's in the market as well he's yeah. 11 he's 11 dollars he's won 10 from 31 magnaforce i know he's got is a good it, record anyone won, won a race it was it belmont or ascot recently it yeah. wasn't too yeah. long ago but it's interesting even five starts ago around last at belmont i think that was the start after he won was beaten 12 lengths so he does have he can yeah put in a run yeah. where he just gets beaten out of sight there's you know which is points to maybe an issue behind the scenes that requires regular sort of attending to uh, because, I mean, he could trial better than that. Is there any With gear changes here that they've – No, not that I'm aware of. So. No gear changes. Okay. okay. So, yeah, he uh, – again, he's taking up a, a chunk of the market. He's a $10 chance and they like to back him as well. He's got a good, good strong uh, profile, good, strong peak rating at the, at the venue. I mean, 16 starts for seven wins. Um, goes good at the 1200 meter Kalgoorlie as well. So I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I really don't know what we can what we can do with Magnaforce. I've just I put I put a line through him. And yeah, he's one I'll probably want to back late if we can get a price. Yeah. but with no confidence, very small stake. Mm-hmm. Um, what what is your market here? Have you got Manhattan Money as the favourite here? I wasn't too. This is just such an open race. I, I really struggled to. I, I had them flipped around actually. I've got Beret favourite, three fifty. Yep. Uh, Manhattan Money and uh, Manhattan Money and Sumambo five fifty. That were the next next in line was Weapon Sun eight dollars. The rest yep. double figures. 
And what do we think of Weapon Sun? It hasn't really come back, has it, this, this prep? I think... I think I'm expecting anyway to see a hugely improved performance from Weapon Sun here back on back on top of the ground. I just yeah. don't think I just don't think he's been appreciating these soft tracks. He's been dished up at both starts. <clears throat> this prep, getting back onto a dry track and getting the senior back on in the pontiff, I'm, I I absolutely love that booking. And he should get a lovely run sitting over the speed or potentially even leading here. And I think that Weapon Sun is Definitely going to put a better foot forward. Maybe not his best foot forward because I'm not sure how well he is truly going, but he's going to put a better foot forward here and it's going to be a much better showing. But, yeah, I thought that Beret has to be going close here, doesn't he? That fresh run on the on the wrong part of the track was really big. I love the way he savages the line when or racing tightly with a couple of other runners there, mm. which probably isn't his go as well. And he'll get back from the gate, but if CJP can tag a horse like Sam Mambo who won't have any issue sitting sitting outside outside another horse or even sitting three deep, he's going to get a card in and possesses a turn of foot to be rocketing past these, I think. Yeah, I agree. I think Beret is probably the best horse in the race um, or certainly got the most upside. Um, Night Voyage as well. I think is it's 13 bucks currently. Um, I thought it improved a little bit last start um, behind – this will test her in state attorney. Jeez, mm-hmm. um, uh, when it got out on top of the straight, I thought, oh, geez, it's going to run. Yeah, it's going to challenge it. Yeah, it's really, it was. Brad Ruwilla hadn't even let him go, and then, but he just didn't find off the bridle. So. Yeah, and that start prior where it was beaten by Captain Chaos, four and a half lengths, it was deeper trip, never yep. had a chance. So mm. I'm expecting some improvement from um, from Night Voyage, and I think it can <coughs> run a race against this sort of field. I just don't reckon 1200s Night Voyages go. That's my. That I also. Yeah, that, that's I also yeah. came in thinking I'd, I'd find Night Voyage sort of in my near the top of near the top of the market, but I just don't know about Night Voyage at the, at the 1200, the extra 200 meters. I think it's more of a thousand meter specialist. Yeah, definitely. Only one win from the 12 and four from a thousand. Yeah. So, all right. So you, we can all understand why Manhattan money is at the top of the market. Yeah. Local has a terrific record at the track for with eight starts, um, sorry, eight wins from fifteen starts. Pike replacing Mitchell Pateman, uh, Pateman riding the higher weighted stable mate, Little Fish, and I thought Manhattan Money just just attacked the line really, really strongly in the Gold Rush with sixty kilos squeezing through between runners late. Didn't get a lot of galloping room. Pike going on. It's going to get back and come with <laughs> typical pipe fashion, come with the rush. I mean, it does look all set up for a big performance here from, from Manhattan Money. But I just, yeah, I'm a bit of a sucker for Beret, unfortunately, <laughs> like to my detriment. I, I, I've got, um, I think she's, uh, she's, a, she's promised significant she's got significant talent i believe it's just yeah it's just whether and i think even last preparation when adam durant was able to, to sort of get her out to 1800 and she ran those races on miss marietta and karanis like that were that were good runs and good solid performances and that first up run midweek by jaguar gray who came out and ran third last saturday just signaled to me that maybe as a five-year-old man maturing that she might be coming into her own and be ready to for a peak prep so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go one more time with Beret. I think I, I can understand why people will be pretty strong on Manhattan Money. Ticks all ticks a lot, a lot of boxes. A lot of boxes. But I think Beret, um, she can just just focus, <laughs> focus, get a lot, get around the Calgary track, 
in uh, without doing anything silly, then uh, Bero can can hang off and do take some and misstride and do some odd things. If Bero can stay balanced and leave CJP, she's going to be strong late and it's going to take a hell of a horse to to get past her. I think. Yeah, I'm I'm with Bero as well, and I'll be watching what the market does late with with Weapon Sun. I think that uh, I think that Manhattan Money is going to be probably the most supported runner. Yeah. I think so. I think that. Uh, waiting late, you're going to see some better prices about these these horses. Not as not as in a, not as in the market. Your likes of Beret and Weapon Sun. If you if you are keen to back them, to uh, wait late, see what the market does. I think there's going to be Definitely money for late. Sir Mambo as well. Like uh, he's he's got some really good peak ratings. Sir Mambo struggles to win, but he's on pace. He's he's strong. He can uh, he can run a race fresh as well, Sir Mambo. And I think the key booking of Paul Harvey on Weapons Hunt could lead to a sharp sharp improvement from that horse as well. So yeah, Sir Mambo is an interesting one. Yeah. I, uh, I was I was having a good look at Sir Mambo, but uh, if we go back a, go back a little bit to one of the gurus uh, one of the gurus statements of 2021 is we're not back in nonnies anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no more nonnies. No more nonnies. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So speaking of the guru, that's quite a good, quite a good segue there, Riley. That if the listeners heard my phone ringing, um, sorry about that. It's supposed to be on silent, but that was the guru. He was calling from Kalgoorlie. He followed up with a message saying, "Get me on, <laughs> get me on." So we better we, we better dial him in. So just hold your horses. And we're back with the man, the myth, the legend, the Perth Racing Guru, live from Kalgoorlie, Boulder. PIG, how are you? Uh, yeah, I'm wonderful, uh, Bernard. I'm, I'm tremendous. I'm tremendous. How uh, <laughs> are the lads? How are we? How's Riley? How's Life? They're doing well. They found some winners. The young guns are up and about, mate. Up and about in one one HQ. And uh, it's tough card to lob them in on, isn't it? It is. It we, is. We, we didn't mention that. It's going to be some scratchings. There's going to be horses that are going to. Um, yeah, it's going to be a difficult one. But uh, look, if there's two lads up for the job, it's Dot and uh, and uh, Old Moustache over there, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, now you, you flew into Kalgoorlie. Yesterday being the the Wednesday night, and and I'm sure you uh, no, you no no we drove up Wednesday morning. Oh, you drove up, okay. Yeah, so, around the golf with the big horse. Um, he shot sixty eight. That's that's for eighteen holes as that's, well. Uh, I reckon that's I, I reckon I ran up. Joshy Fuchs, about 168. Joshy Fuchs, the big horse. Yeah, Joshy Fuchs, the big horse, and then um, yeah, then we are out around the golf, and then we went out to uh, have a couple of just a couple of couple of looseners, roll the arm over a couple of times, and um, unfortunately bowled about 40 overs, so we're not feeling too uh, too crash hot today. And uh, yeah, the, the bales should have come off a lot earlier than they did, unfortunately. But uh, look, we uh, we're excited. We got some good prices heading into Annan's Day, and uh, and the champ goes around. So what else can you want, really? Now, just just uh, tracking back to the big horse, Joshy Fuchs. Mm. Is he still reeling about the the mastermind? Yeah, yeah, filthy. Still, yeah. still yeah, not happy. Filthy. Yeah, no, absolutely filthy. He's like a big in mud. He's uh, yeah, he's, he's not a happy man. He reckons he was first in, but um, he wasn't. Uh, and he doesn't mind to win the big horse. He's a uh, yeah, he's a he's a serial uh, serial win to the big horse. So. Um, yeah, forget him. He, uh, you just forget him. Just forget him. So it's Hannon Handicap Day today. Obviously, the mm. one uh, where the one one will be coming out on the Friday. But wishing you and all and the connections best of luck with the champ. Thanks, guys. Thanks. So, yeah. Uh, what, what price have you three lads got him? Ah, uh, double figures. Yeah. 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 It was funny. They were bidding for the. Um, the horse at the Calcutta last night, I wanted to buy that tiny ass. I was the underbidder. I, bid, uh, I think it was fifty-seven fifty because I reckon that tiny ass will be absolutely murdered in betting. Um, I'm going to hide nothing here. I like this goes out after 
uh, <laughs> probably dressed like buggery and I looked like a ghost. Um, but I was the underbidder. Just uh, I was very close to getting it. But there was no love uh, the Calcutta. Uh, the Tats Club's a big deep at all, so um, I've told the lads involved, just hold fire. I reckon even with Python, we'll see the best part of 10 bucks late, but um, yeah, he's going to need a, I reckon he's going to need an absolute 10 out of 10 from the uh, from the gate to be winning, but uh, tell you what, yeah, I wouldn't want to be, be a beer in my way if he does get up after that. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got the right man on for the job. What are your, what are your instructions going to be to the wizard? Um... Uh, finish first. Um, that, that'd be the idea. I think, I don't know. I think the only way we can win it's probably if Tom McCummon tries to hold a spot forward, ends up in the three wide line, um, leading it up or sort of thing, and, and we get it back and goes from there. But, uh, yeah, I don't know what you guys like, but to me, that's, that's funny. As looks, um, really hard to beat on speed with a couple of slow ones, like on Red Alert, right on its back, and maybe even Western Temple. Uh, we can go on that great at the minute, so. Um, I think if Dion's got the uh, that one right, it'll be hard to run down. But uh, I know LK is pretty keen. Pins Royale, he bought it in the Calcutta last night. Um, <coughs> you so, haven't, even, yeah. haven't even named the horse that I'm actually keen on today. To, keen on today right? Yes, correct. Yeah, I thought I just saw Tommy Johnston actually. I just ran into Tommy. He's uh, um, polished up all right. I think he might have had a, a fight quite a night than I did. So, um, yeah, he looks like he's an actual human being today. It was just <laughs> the first time I've seen Tommy look like that. But, uh, yeah, no, Tommy told me he doesn't mind my shirt. So, um, yeah, yeah. And one of the, um, one of the stable, uh, stable men for the Fernie, I told me I thought it was working well. So, yeah, it's a good race, though. It's a good annex. It's a good annex. Now, moving on to Calgary Cup Day Saturday. Mm. What if, what if the, the listeners have tuned in? They want to know what the guru is up to. What's he saying? What's, what's he pushing now? Thoughts on the card overall? And have you got anything that we should be zeroing in on? Uh, very difficult for the lads because um, like, there's going to be horses that come out that don't, that run today. There's going to be some that back up off two days. Um, I remember the old, uh, oh, who was the Brian Curtis horse? Oh, I've been trained by someone else. Uh, Palmer Marenti. He mm. loved the two-day backup. Always run a really big race on the two-day backup, but obviously um, a lot of horses don't probably like the two-day backup, so you never know until after the race, unfortunately, because there isn't a huge amount of back data with that. Um, but um, in the cup, um, Media Baron's just about got to be a mile, doesn't it? Mm. Pretty chain. Yeah, I agree. Pretty chain. Three bucks. Surely Media Baron's got to be... Surely, surely. I mean, we got uh, Bella's Idol living the dream. will roll forward, and geez, I mean, what price is Sugar Cane? Four forty. Yeah, like, four twenty. I think I was fifteen. Four twenty. Is it? Yeah, I, I, I put up. I I put up six or seven bucks on Betfair. Um, yeah, no, I, I just has can't been, possibly has it been taken? Ah, uh, some of it was taken. Yeah, yeah right. some of it was taken. They took all my don't argue Buster in the last as well. Mm-hmm. Put up some healthy overs. I thought a little bit, always a little bit generous after uh, after you've uh, after you've had a couple. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, no media baron with Paul Arvion. Um, I just think it looks um, your best bet of the week. I reckon comfortably mm. as well. So um, yeah, I, it just looks its race. I'd be very very surprised. Firefox drawing off makes it very difficult for Firefox. It's Sean O'Donnell's going to need to ride a ten. Um, and then Bella's Idol living the dream. You hope they sort of go at each other from the 600. Um, and yeah, if Paul Harvey gets media barrels some clear air, he's won on the horse several times in the past. It can sustain a run too. He doesn't have to worry about like being cute. I reckon it can sustain a run from the six as well. So yeah, I'd, be, I'd be very surprised if media Baron doesn't win on, on sort of 260 type thing. And uh, at this stage, is my uh, only bet on the card. Could be a bit of a top gun action there for the guru. Uh, yeah, yeah, 100 wins. Lock it in. 100 wins, media man. Done. Mm-hmm. Bang. Latham's like. How, how did you guys go last week? How did you go, Latham? 
Uh, rubbish. Kiss on all four cheeks and cocky joy were my, my two bets. Kiss on all four cheeks won, didn't it? Yeah, I saw this yeah. photo on Twitter. Exactly I saw someone right. put a photo up on Twitter. <laughs> what? I've been blowing up all morning to the about it. Latham was doing his best. Yeah, uh, me, Latham was I, doing his best Eddie Rigg impersonation <laughs> on the weekend. Ah, <laughs> uh, jeez. What was that? Awesome? That shows around on um, Saturday. Yeah, it's it's $2.50. Favorite. That's good. That's, I, think that's, uh, I think that's the horse this year, isn't it? I think Luke's a bit keen on Green and Shady. Well, that's okay. what, yeah, that's what we've heard. What so. price have you got yeah. Green and Shady, Terry? Mate, I haven't. I haven't done the prices for this is probably the first time in my life. I haven't actually done the prices for a Saturday meeting. But yeah, um, yeah. What, what is it at the moment? Two fifty. Two fifty. Oh, that's bare bones, isn't it? We yeah. want to have a plunge. Hey, how did uh, how did you boys like the Leocardo plunge last Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> how do we like that? Thirteen to three dollars thirty on Betfair late, and um, it should finish shortly. So yeah, it was. Uh, it was oh, dearie me, it yeah. was good fun though. Tell you what, having a plunge, Terry. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, Yemen last was really good. Actually, I was pretty happy with that. That was um, that was, um, awesome. that was very gutsy. It was, wasn't it? Yeah, just like a lot of its owners, actually. Probably the, the, exact, the exact opposite to most of its owners. Um, no, it was a really nice win, actually. We were uh, the lad, a lot of first-time owners uh, in that one. Uh, a few of my mates, Chucky and Gallo and Eisman and Sponge, um, Kono, Breadbag. So, yeah, no, there was a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of first-time owners that were, um, yeah, pretty, uh, Pretty happy with that one. Yeah, so, boys, um, didn't have, didn't, I didn't have much. I only backed it to get my Leocardo money back because um, <laughs> I, I didn't really give it a huge chance. Obviously, coming off a little setback and this and that, but um, never doubt LK. Hey? Never doubt LK. Hey, just quickly, just before we, uh, we leave the Leocardo yeah. situation, Gostradamus, Timmy Gossage, and uh, <laughs> Riley Morgan's sidekick on the uh, Life yep. of Riley, SEN. Um, tune in, punters. So, Gostradamus, this is the tweet. Starting to jump out of trees to back Leocardo in the best at 2J. Smart, stable, big name owners. Stand by. This could be big. <laughs> yeah, look, it's, uh, yeah, I think that, that's the uh, the definition of a flop. I reckon yeah, after the grand final, we ended up at uh, the SEN after party, and I reckon there wasn't too many people at that after party that I wasn't tipping it to at that stage of proceedings. So um, to all of those people, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I'll put my hand up. Um, but at least we got the price. That's something, isn't it? You can eat value, can't you? Uh, they gave all their Scandolo money back. Yeah, yeah, we gave, they did. We did. We gave a fair, uh, a fair chunk of our. Uh, why isn't Michi Pateman on Scandola on Saturday? Yeah, I thought you could answer that. Yeah. No, I haven't. I haven't spoke to El Carb. I'll, I'll see him shortly, so we'll ask him. But um, maybe he's booked to something else. I thought that was a pretty, um, yeah, it was an odd. Pontus on. Yeah. So just, Pontus quick, on, yeah. just quickly, Terry, we're we're loading up 100 wins for the Top Gun on uh, Media Baron. Media Baron. Cap, you like anything else on the day? Uh, no, I, I, at this stage, I really don't. Um, I think it's a good day to, like you lads, will do the form really deeply. And, and what Kalgoorlie does compared to the other tracks, it is the fairest track in Australia this season. It is, it's almost better to be coming off speed if there's enough tempo in the race. So you can look at horses probably from Belmont and Ascot that aren't making ground because of the way the track's been playing so regularly in the hot rails. And you go, hang on, these horses might be really suited by a firm Kalgoorlie track where you can make ground. So I suspect you'll see a couple of unique results with um, horses that will make ground on the day. Very good. And just for your information, Guru, mm. Jay Rooney versus Michael Heaton in the Mastermind, who do you think got the chockies? 
Nah, Rooney. Rooney. Rooney won in a photo. Nah. Three, two. So that's four straight for Jay Rooney. And uh, oh, he's, no. uh, he's hit five. He's next one week? win away. We've uh, thrown down the gauntlet to uh, Mark Olmos to uh, get on board. Yeah. And hopefully, uh, I, I said that I've, I've been trying to pick him out as someone who could potentially come on and uh, ruin the picket fence that Jay Rooney's building up at the moment. Yeah. So uh, the, gauntlet, the, the gauntlet's been thrown down. Mm. I like that, Riley. That's very, uh, that's very good. Yeah, almost is the man. He's the uh, the Vulcan at the top of the travel radar. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that. So I yeah, like so that. Jay's one win away from uh, a ticket, a golden ticket, like Charlie and the yeah, Chocolate Factory. Yeah, the old mate. golden ticket. Well, yeah. you, you lads are already in. You, you obviously, you three have already got your tickets. So uh, you guys are locked and loaded. Mm-hmm. I never yeah. need to enter the masterminds, but um, yeah, no, that'll uh, that'll all be confirmed next week as well. So, geez, I'm yeah, the thoughts of another big day are really exciting me. <laughs> Theory, mate. Anyway, lads, what are, you, what are your bets on the card before a run? I think we're all pretty keen. Well, on, haven't you got to that? Pretty keen on Starline and Media Baron, but we, we're just about to preview the cup. Yeah. Cool. All right, you guys, you guys rock and roll with the cup. I'm going to go and um, I'm just going to go and have some fun, watch the champ, just just do his best. Enjoy, enjoy, happy mate. days. Enjoy, and uh, yeah, once again, good luck, uh, dig deep, and all the dig deep crew, the one-one pin-up horse, and uh, hopefully he uh, dig deeps, digs deep, and wins for the guru. Thanks, lads. Enjoy the day and, uh, yeah, good tipping, good punting. Farewell. Until next week. On the one-one. Thanks, Darren. Uh, See you, mate. See you, mate. The feature of the day, the one we're all coming for, is the 4X Calgary Cup, a listed race worth $150,000. That's 87000 to the victor over the 2,200 metres. We just spoke to the guru. He's declaring Media Baron. Are we all on the Media Baron wagon here, punters? Yeah, I'm, I'm quite Yeah, keen. gee, I think it's going to be really hard to beat mm. in this race for sure. It was a moral beating last start and ran the, by far the quickest final 200 once it got out and just looks a set up here from gate three with the pontiff going on. Mm. What, yeah. what price are you, BJ? What price am I? I've got flat $3 Media Baron. Could have had it shorter, to be honest. Yeah, I'm with you, mate. I was three, I was two ninety, two ninety, three dollars. What are we looking at at the moment, Riley? What do we got? We're looking here? at three seventy media baron followed by four twenty sugar cane. You can get some uh, seven bucks available with uh, the Perth, Perth Racing Guru on Betfair, <laughs> on Betfair. <laughs> mm. and followed by five bucks for Mitch McClenney's red hot tip for mm. SJ Miller, and then after that it gets up towards double figures with uh, Living the Dream at sevens, followed by Bella's Idol and. Fry Fox. Yeah, multiple mastermind winner, Mitch McClenny. He, uh, him and the, the family are involved in Red Hot Tip, big weight dropper, but also a big class riser as well. So just for just for the ratings and that the handicappers out there, this is an 86 plus. So this is a ratings 86 plus handicap. And we've got horses in the market like Red Hot Tip, who's a 73, who's so is actually 13 points, which is six and a half kilos out of the handicap. And then you've got a horse like Sugarcane, 69. So as you can see, these horses are carrying sig- significantly more weight than what they should do if you're just taking the internal handicappers ratings. Same goes for Stapper's Lad, who ran a cheeky race in the Boulder Cup. So then you've got, so it's almost like you've got two brackets of horses. You've got those horses that are well out of the handicap, and then you've got your horses, Firefox, uh, Missile Launch, Media Baron, Bella's Idol, and Living the Dream, who are all um, 87 and above. So it's, um, I suppose, luckily those lower-rated lower rated horses are in the field. Otherwise, it would have been a very, very small Calgary Cup. So we've got the, the nine runners. 
And um, as Terry mentioned in his brief preview there, Bella's idol and living the dream go forward. I imagine they said a pretty genuine tempo, make it into Bella's idol anyway. We'll be looking to make it into a genuine tw- test of the 2200 metres being a the, being a tough sort of stayer that he is. Um, media Baron from three gets pulled to sleep. Gets in really well, doesn't it? 56 kilos. Really well. Uh, good draw. Harvey replacing Christy Bennett. And poor old Christy was on a bit of a hiding nothing last start in the Boulder Cup, wasn't she? She sort of took the booking and admittedly isn't isn't at the peak of her powers at the moment, Christy. I think the winners have been few and far between this season and, and probably over the last three or four months. And like when just taking – so if you're taking a like an informed Paul Harvey um, replacing a – Christy Bennett, who's riding below her best, like it just makes such a such a huge huge difference. So like, um, and and that just can only add more more confidence to the media baron um, backers. I know he can be a little bit of a funny horse. Sometimes got an extravagant action. He does like galloping room, but just the way that Christy was able to push him out underneath missile launch in the in the Boulder Cup and let down. And I tell you why, he probably wins in another. Two bounds, really, like he was just eating yeah. up the ground late. I, I was at, when I watched the replay. I was oh, he probably got beat a length and a half, but he actually only got beat a half length in the line. It was such a good run, and Paul Harvey going on again just looks like it's prime for a Cavalier Cup victory. I, I don't know. I'm struggling to find anything to beat it. Yeah, I thought that <clears throat> doing the race, doing the race uh, early this morning. Actually, I didn't didn't have a time to do it last night, but I, I only I, there was only two horses in this field that I could back. Media Baron being the uh, being the primary one of those, but yeah, Red Hot Tip was the other one mm. for me. I thought that Grand Final have been set for this, and I love the prep he's had to sort of get him to peak after that too. So he's had the two runs at the mile followed by a run at the two thousand, peaking at that sort of staying trip fourth up. I really like that sort of that platform he's he's been laid. Yep, and he does get in with a lot of weight off his back from what he's been running with, and um, yeah, he looks well placed to run a really big race from uh, from the gate as well. Just has to off. be has to be a big chance, doesn't it? Yeah, it has to be a big yeah. chance. They're the only two I could I could find in this race at all. The only query for me from that last one was how slow they went in that race, and I yep. think that with the two Bella's Idol and Living the Dream sort of chopping at each other out in front here, he's not going to get that real slow tempo. So they might not have got as much out of that run as they probably wanted. And from gate one, they might fall into the trap of being a bit too positive and trying to hold a box seat. Or something yeah, and like I think well. they will hold that. They will hold that box seat. Uh, yep. That box seat position, I think. But um, yeah, as as you guys have already touched on, Media Baron was an absolute good thing leaked last start in that Boulder Cup and Ponte Fratoon to the saddle who rides the horse so well and has ridden the horse so well um, in times previous is a huge booking. And yeah, just looks they just look the two with um, Media Baron just look so well in at the weights. Latham, can we find anything to beat the big grey? Um, yeah, I haven't really got much more to add, to be honest. Um, I think Friar Fox obviously won last race the uh was the boulder cup boulder cup yeah i don't think fry fox can win this time i just think that gate's a little bit sticky in it it was given a 10 out of 10 by sean o'donnell and it's going to need even better than that this time so i thought fry fox that one horse is going to have to push forward from a from one of these draws i think i think the one one's on the um is there for someone to be yeah, brave that, that is th- a good point actually. and i thought sean o'donnell might be the guy to have it. Try and find that spot. I was thinking maybe Paddy Carberry might have a go on oh, Missile Launch. I thought launch. it might be Missile Launch. Yeah. might. Uh, it's one of those one of those horses. Uh, I believe will push forward and try to try to land in that spot because it's there. Because I know they'll want to ride Stafford's Day quiet. They'll want to ride Sugar Cane quiet. Paul Harvey won't want to get Media Baron uh, over racing early because I don't know if he's a real genuine stayer. So he'll need to. Con- 
conserve as much as, as possible. Uh, Mexicola goes back. So it feels like there's going to be a gap for something to slot in. Who's it going to be? Who's, who's going to be brave enough to try to push forward and, and run the risk of getting caught three Pretty wide no cover? Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Media Baron does end up there, but um, – yeah. Yeah, because sometimes the Pontiff, he does like to just get him out the gates to get him into a position. Put him in a spot. So um, if it does end up there, look, it's going to be hard to beat. Tell you what, if it lobs 1-1 and they're rolling along and yeah. and it's getting dragged in the race, it could be a And you've it, probably got, you've probably got, you've got Red Hot Tip and um, Media Baron, if that's the case, alongside each other. Both, yeah. Both sitting behind those front two um, with Media Baron probably peeling off to the, the better part of the track by that stage of the day. And if Pontus is smart enough, he's going to know his dangers on his inside and he's going to try and keep him in a pocket for as long as he can. Mm. Yeah, and the one runner we should probably touch on, Sugar Kane, who Terry's obviously thrown out the door already. Yeah. Um, I'll probably agree. I've got it marked not double figures but around six bucks. Um, it's been getting 10 out of 10 steers from from the Wizards. So. But it is drawn gate four here and, and the way it's going, who knows, it, it could – I wouldn't be shocked if it won, put it that way. Well, last Saturday's win was career best from a from a um, Vince Cardi's daily section was rating this point of view. That was yep. actually a really fast staying race, which you can see a, bust, a couple of the other horses who'd been coming in off slower run staying races just got busted up. And But she was fit enough to be able to so – she did get a, a perfect ride from Wizard as we come to expect, but uh, the time was there. It's got the platform, just whether she's got the class. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. Not usually one of the exotics, but I'll be happy to have a happy to have a Quinella here with a media brand the on top selection with a in a Quinella with the red hot tip for SJ Miller. And the way that the guru is speaking, this three seventy currently available. I know we're uh, we're not we're not going to be published until Friday morning, but this three seventy it might be um, it might be uh, evaporate. Closer to start time, so it might be a play yeah. early type situation here for anyone who wants to get involved in Media Baron. Yeah, I think that's pretty kind. So I'll be. I think um, I think it'll be interesting to see how much rain Kalgoorlie gets mm. because um, if Kalgoorlie gets a downpour or for more rain than than they than they plan for, then Media Baron all of a sudden becomes a bit of a risk. Mm. Considering how that horse sort of goes on the rain affected soggier tracks, so um. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. Like like you said, we could we could take that three seventy now, but then well, if we get if we do get a fair bit of rain, that three seventy might look like unders at some stage. Yeah, so it's, that's uh, a good point. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, I'm in alignment I'm with the guru here. I think this this media baron is uh, it's just ticks all the boxes, set up really sweetly. Red hot tip, the big danger for mine. Yeah, just uh, just quickly, Mexicola. What price did you have that horse? Big, I think uh, Mexicola twenty six dollars. Yeah. Okay. I had a little I bit could, under, Yeah, it could have been. What could, is it now? 26? Yeah, yeah 26. Yeah. Is I had it 20. You get yeah, six yeah. bucks a hole if you want to play that. I, I, think it's, <laughs> I just uh, think it's going a lot better than what the form suggests. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, um, but it's, it's not got, a horse that it's I. Got, it's going to be getting back running on. I imagine yeah. that fair late Mex, um, Mexicola will be yep. 40s, 50s, something yeah, like oh, that. 100%. Like, I think it'll be outclassed by these, but it is going. The last two haven't been too bad. Yeah, I think it's been going okay. All right. So that is our Calgary Cup preview. Moving on, fellas. I've got to ask both of you. What time is it? Get out stakes time, isn't it? It's the get out stakes time. How do we spell that, Riley? S T E A K S. How popular <laughs> is this competition? Extremely popular Twitter-based competition, the Get Out Stakes. Proudly brought to you by Market City Meats, the largest retail butcher shop in Perth. 
located out at the Canning Vale Markets on Bannister Road. Timmy Hewitt, absolute legend, this fellow. He runs the show, swing past, say good day. Timmy will look after you. Um, and I hope everyone uh, got around Market City Meets, grand final, long weekend, and uh, get back out there this weekend and, uh, and support the team out there at Market City Meets. Congratulations to episode 94 winner Richard Styles. Now, Richie's cleaned up again. That's his second get-out stakes victory, thanks to Karajini Aurora. Uh, he went 1.22 lengths. I think it was like something like 1.28 lengths. So um, the sixth winner of the day for William Pike and the second get-out stakes victory for Richard Styles. So now to enter this week's get-out stakes, remembering that we're at Kalgoorlie, race nine of the day. Let us know who you think will win at the 1-1 pod and a decimal winning margin, two decimal places preferred. Latham, we cannot forget what? The Sam White rule. First in, best dressed. First in, best dressed. Isn't that right, Riley? <laughs> first in, best past the post dressed. <laughs> yes, first correct. in, first all of that stuff. <laughs> all right. So, get out stakes. What are we thinking what are we thinking here? It's Great race. Race, yeah. race nine of the day. Cracking race. 13, 13 acceptors at present. We got some informed runners. We got different form lines. We got a former Eastern Stater with William Pike first up from the Fernie camp, which is a fascination in itself. Or there could be something down in the weights. You could just blow us all out the water and it could be a double figure end to Kogli Cup Day. Uh, haven't really spoken to the to the guys about this at all, so I'm interested to hear what they have to say. We'll start with you, Riley. Yeah, firstly, just wanted to touch on this um, the map that we're sort of looking at here and the speed sort of influences because there is speed absolutely all over the shop here. You've got Jackpot Legend and Taj Mali are going to roll forward from their gates, drawn inside. You've got horses the likes of Blooms, Champagne Diva and Jake Starr, who's got the booking of the three-kilo claimer. So you'd assume from 13, they're not going to be trying to find a spot. They're going to be handlebars down as well. So they're all going to be speeding across from those wider alleys. I think they'll happily sit with Rain God here today after trying to sit. lead last yep. start. Okay. I think they'll happily change things up there since it wasn't able to get, get past the Republican uh, wasn't able to hold out the Republican last start, but uh, there's no doubt here that they'll be absolutely flying along, I think. Yeah, couldn't agree more. The maps, yeah, it's quite difficult to um, confidently assess. Um, Interesting point about Jagstar. Sorry to interrupt. No, that's fine. I, I, and Rangod I, as well because yeah. I'm not sure what they're going to do there as well. I had Rangod going forward and Jagstar going back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What, what, what did you reckon, Um I'm sort of on the fence. I yeah. think Rangod, they'll want to just tuck in slightly behind the speed if they can yep. get a spot. Yeah, it makes sense, yep. Yeah, it, it is a tricky one. Um, yeah, I just can't see them booking Bannervick Edwards with the three kilos, 52 and a half kilos. I can't see them going back with with trying to get that weight relief. I think that's going to be a handlebars down from 13 and try and get lucky and find a spot maybe just in behind that in behind that speed if they can if they can find one. Attack mode. Yeah, yeah I think so. Sense. What okay, so the big question mark surrounding the get out stakes here is number 7 jackpot legend Peter Fernie, William Pike had three starts in Victoria. I think it was trained by Matt Laurie for one win and a placing and uh, put in a poor one at its last start before it's been sold to, to New uh, Connections. I think, yeah, the failure was up the yeah, straight. Yeah, 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 you're right. And it was sort of wasn't, wasn't completely out of the market either um, in that particular race. Speaking of the market, is the market has to be the 
has to be the guide here, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, it's three forty favorite currently. Three forty favorite. Okay. Yeah. So it was a twelve dollar chance. We were ridden by Damien Lane on a heavy nine down the straight at Flemington back on January twenty nine, and has obviously since been sold to New Connections and is has landed in Kalgoorlie. And yeah, every every year there's one or two horses that is sort of one of these mystery horses that arrives at the, the Kalgoorlie around the icy red. Icy red was the one last year. Is it going to be Jackpot Legend this year? Yeah, it's interesting. I'm not much of a, a data or a ratings um, punter, but I know Riley off air. You just mentioned that it hasn't really put up any massive figures. Jackpot legend. No, so it hasn't. I guess you just got to respect that it's the Fernie money or the Fernie stable. Well, I think the, um, and the jock. Yeah. I think yeah. you'll know. I think you'll know if they are if they are really keen because uh, icy red was possibly the worst the worst kept secret. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. In WA, so uh, if Jackpot Legend's going to be the uh, the plunge horse, yeah. I think you'll uh, I think you'll know before we get to uh, race nine on Saturday. That's for sure. Well, how many's Fernie got in this race? We have got Dark Mission, Divine Beast, Taj Mali. Jackpot legend, Champagne Diva. So he's got five of the 13. I'll and be surprised Pike, Pike's, riding, uh, Pike's riding Jackpot legend. Yeah. It's going to be like uh, Riley said, it's going to be quite a high pressure race too. And if Jackpot legend wants to lead, which it looks like it will, it's probably going to be a sitting duck late, you'd think. So mm. I'm happy to look around it personally. But um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked if it won, put it that way. Yeah. I mean, I think if, they, if you see it, Start with a two in front of it. <laughs> yeah, affirming two, you'll know that uh, it's uh, it's game on. Um, so this is this is this is the horse that sort of shapes the whole race, really, and uh, the market market will be everything. But I'm with I'm with you guys. I'm thinking of looking to play around jackpot legend if they can get this horse to win first up in a against race fit horses. Um, first up, Calgary Cup Day in the West and no trial, then that's that's almost too good for me. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. So I'm happy to cop that and, and and I'm thinking more like the stable mate, Divine Beast, that rattled home two starts ago behind Sir Snugglelot in a slow race, broke 33 for the last 600 and then the other day was unsuited by the pattern, come magic, lead kicked. Uh, Divine, Divine Med. Didn't have, any, didn't have any company up there either. It was just a gift. It was a gift. And uh, Divine Beast got it, ran it to a length on the line. So it's, it's flying. It's in form. It's previous Kalgoorlie run ran second as well. So the seconds are starting to build up. So is that becoming a pattern or is it just uh, is it just, just the way things have fallen for Divine Beast? But I think from five, uh, remembering that it's jumped from seven, nine, and seven, it's last three from five in this Bigger field. Hopefully, Chris Parnham can hold a midfield running position uh, off the fence and be sort of working into the race with momentum. And the way that Divine Beast has been finishing off its race has coiled up. It could just explode over the top of them late. I, I was, I thought this was a good setup for Divine Beast late. Yeah, I agree. And um, I think Riley's got this as one of his better bets as well for the card. Um, so I might let you go away with this one. Yeah, it's an interesting one because I feel like with the map drawing five for Divine Beast, there's another horse, there's another Fernie horse in this race as well that I think is absolutely flying and is just absolutely loving being up at Cal and that's Dark Mission. Yeah, yeah. Dark Mission was probably one of the more ugly watches if oh. you were on if you were on last start. Good thing licked, I think. <laughs> yeah, so you know Dark Mission's going to get back from ten, and you know that Pateman's not going to not going to run the run the risk of getting it caught up between or behind horses again here and it's interesting because if if divine beast is holds a midfield spot sort of two or three pairs in front of dark mission if dark mission is a horse that can get out 
once they once they straighten for home and and Divine Beast has still got a horse sitting on its outside and it's not able to sort of extricate itself at, at the top of the straight and Dark Mission's already out in getting its momentum, getting some momentum up. It could be, make for an interesting finish mm. if, uh, yep. even though it may on paper seem like Divine Beast is going to get a better run. If it's got horses three deep trying to come peel outside it and it can't really get any running room, it's going to be uh, going to be interesting when it can get out and get that momentum. But if Chris Parnham gets it, gets it out at the right time and finds some clear air, I think it's going to be very hard to beat, especially with the tactical field position over Dark Mission. That's the thing. I think they're pretty hard to split those two. It's just like, as you say, who gets the, the better run? And I wouldn't be, all, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Dark Mission does get the better run despite being drawn out exactly wider. Exactly right. It's, it's going to be an interesting, interesting, uh, how, how the events in this last race unfold. Mm, pressure up, up top as well. I imagine, yeah, I imagine if, uh, horses like, who's the horse that you're coming across? Jake Star. Yeah. And maybe even they send Champagne Diva starts cutting across from a wide draw as well. Yeah. Creates pressure, which, which, uh, might set it up for a horse like Dark Mission to circle as well. But I just feel as though Divine Beast is ready to win one. And I mean, if Ernie holds the aces here, he's got five of the 13 and all five of them, well, four of the five are in the market. The only horse that I can think of away from a Fernie runner is is Rain God, who's ran second at both its two runs back from a prep uh, back from a spell, uh, racing pretty well. Notice it's still got bandages on its uh, on its hind on its hocks behind yep. um, at its first two runs back. So I wonder wonder what what all that means, but. Um, this horse is, uh, hasn't really done a lot wrong, got beaten by the Bob the other day and um, you guys could be onto something here, a bit more of a conservative ride and uh, might be able to track into the race, uh, travel sweetly and, and have a bit more left at the at the finish. So third up, should be strengthened now and, and ready to rock and roll, Rain God. It was, the, it was the only horse away from the Fernie sort of five that I could find that, was, uh, that, that could make an impact. But Divine Beast on top for me, I'll just... What price are we talking to Vine Beast guys? Three eighty at the moment. It's uh, second elect behind uh, Jackpot Legend. Okay. What price did I have uh, Divine Beast? Yeah, I was a flat four dollars Divine Beast. Um, yeah, I, I, I was. I pushed Jackpot Legend out to about six dollars. Just thought that I knew that it was going to be it was going to open up yeah. a lot shorter than that. But um, as I said, if they uh, if they can get this horse to win, then um, I will be too, very. Too I'll, I'll be very surprised if Jackpot Legend, coming from Victoria, with the with the sort of figures it's put out so far in its career, gets absolutely plunged here fresher for a new yard at a track it's never never looked at before. I think it'll be a it'll be a surprising plunge, but yeah, yeah. I, I can't get near it at the price it is. Yeah, well, we just can't ever underestimate the Fernies on their uh, in their hometown. Um, it's, and uh, so, yeah, once again, the market will tell the story. So, just wrapping up our thoughts on the Get Out Stakes. I am Divine Beast, strong on top. Divine Beast for me. I'll go Dark Mission just for a bit of value. Okay, we'll take a break and we'll be back with our best bets, our Maddies, and our Lays for Calgary Cup Day. We are back with our Betfair best betting propositions of the day. Latham Anderson, what is your Betfair best? Uh, we're going to go with Born Spicy in race four. I think it's uh, I think it's over the odds. I've got it as a four dollar favourite, four fifty favourite, so it's nine fifty best available. Ooh, I like um, it, nearly three bucks a hole. Huge. So yeah, good each way play. I think. Born good Spicy. start, strong start from Latham Anderson. Riley, what have we got? Yeah, I'm gonna keep it keep it simple. I'm gonna stick with the wizard in race five with Starline, who I think is just a the perfect Kalgoorlie horse and looks super hard to beat. Starline is my bet fair best as well. Let's move on to our 
Maddie's, we're looking for horses currently $21 or 20 to 1 in the old, which is a hard task with these small fields and the odds uh, and the, the markets compressed the way they are. But we'll do our best. Riley Morgan? Um, I'm going to stick with one in the last, actually, who I think it's not currently at that $20 quote, but I think you might see a little bit better, a bit closer to it anyway, and that's going to be with uh, Neil Della's runner, King's Authority. I think King's, King's Authority ran some really nice races in Perth uh, back when it was last in work and mm-hmm. think that it runs really well fresh, so it could produce a good run first up. Nathan? Um, I am... Struggling to find one, but we'll just throw out Jarman. If it gets out to something on Betfair, 20s late mm-hmm. um, in race six, a play on Jarman. I'm with you. I really struggled to, to find something. I thought that looking at my markets and then cross-referencing with the current market, I thought maybe the $23 missile launch going for back-to-back Kogoli Cups. I know his Boulder Cup run was uh, plain. But uh, I think the Vaughan Sigley camp, I just like some of the stuff they've been doing over the last – weeks like recent weeks and months so i wonder if missile launch has been set for the Calgary cup and the big fellow the hulking missile launch if he can uh tap into some of his best form then he could uh maybe he might present some value currently 23 dollars best available for missile launch riley morgan Latham Anderson, you guys can get your Top Gun selections in uh, after the podcast. But for transparency, the Guru's already given his. He's having 100 wins on Media Baron in the Cavalry Cup. My Top Gun selections for round three. I'm going to go Starline, 75 wins, and I'm going to have $25 on Little Cess. They are my two uh, Top Gun selections. Okay. So we've done our best, our Maddies, our most. Top Gun selection, I forgot to do a lay. Mm. Riley, who's your lay? Lay of the day for me, race six, camp easy. Yeah, I like that. It's a bit of a cat, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'll go throw mine in there. Same camp, trade war in race four. I think it's unders. Okay, so that's two Michael Lane lays. For me, I'm going to lock on with the kings of the goldfields, the Fernies in the last jackpot legend. I'm going to take on uh, the Fernies in William Pike with the uh, former East Coaster in jackpot legend. That is my lay of the day in the get-out stakes. All right, gents, that brings our Kalgoorlie Cup Day edition of the 1-1 to a close. 